All right. Uh, welcome to another episode of Grind My Gears. I got a, a fucking great guy here today. A good, good friend from back in the day doing big things, uh, Kyle Prepolek, Kill Shot Prepolek. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Long time no see, and I'm uh, doing well. Yeah, well, thanks, brother. You too. You too. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen each other since. Well, I saw you at um, that fight you had um, in in Burlington, but obviously you had the you had the fight, so you know we you weren't paying much fucking attention. I've been. I've been in the same position too. So, like after a fight, <laughs> you don't yeah, you, don't, you don't remember. It's all business. Yeah, it's all business. All business. But um, uh, I mean, we haven't seen each other in a while. How have things been since? I mean, the last two years, based. I mean, everything has been based around this this bullshit pandemic and all the stuff going on. So, how has that been for you, uh, personally on a personal level, non fighting wise? Um. I think it's just everybody's had enough of it. Yeah. We just want to, we just want to be normal again. You know, we want, <laughs> yeah, we, want I... we just want to be able to do the things that we were able to yeah. before have fun and, you know, relax, chill. And, you know, if you want to go out and have some excitement, you go out and do it. Now it's like, everyone's got to walk on eggshells and it's like, who's going to get mad at who for saying what now on social media. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Side you're on. There's nobody, there's always someone who's trying to fight you for no reason. It's like, man, we all want the same thing. It's just, just we all just got to chill a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I feel the same way. It's, it's almost, it's, and especially as an athlete too, it's almost ex- mentally exhausting to try and um, balance uh, training, putting your athletic career first, and then all the social issues that go on beside it. Because I think one of the things a lot of people don't, um, well, recognize or know that, you know, while the government put exemptions for athletes, it didn't necessarily apply to mixed martial artists, right? Uh, From what I was told, like at first it was because yeah. it's like, well, what do they consider an elite athlete? It's like, well, once you're a professional mixed martial artist and you get paid to play, basically, yeah, that's pretty elite. You know, like you may not be UFC or Bellator, but it's like, how do you know that next fight doesn't get you there? Yeah. Exactly. So it's how can you how can you tell and dictate like even for upcoming boxers or who are trying to be Olympians? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's such a gray area. It's like man. Well, well I mean, I can't say the guy's name because uh, it wouldn't be fair to him to say it. But there was a Olympic wrestler that trains in Toronto here who got fined uh, for training in the gym before the Olympics last year. Uh, like put that in perspective. Like you know what I mean? We're Canada always like when Olympics come around, they're always like, "Oh yeah, athletes, athletes, athletes." Yet you have an athlete who's going out there to represent your country getting a ticket to for training. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, how do you, especially like an elite guy who's representing the country in the probably the most viewed sporting event in the Olympics because it's a worldwide event yeah. for this specific time, and and then you're gonna go find that guy. Yeah, um, that doesn't sit well with me, and no, I'm sure it a lot of people. It doesn't sit well with a lot of people, but I mean, I think it was safe to say that for most mixed martial artists, professional amateur, everyone was having to find alternative methods of, uh, well, for lack of better, illegally training, right? Um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, how, I, I know you just finished uh, your last fight not too long ago, uh, early uh, late last year. Congratulations, by the way. Um, 
how was the preparation for that? I know we were kind of out of lockdowns at that kind of time, but I know you had some injury issues previously and getting back into there. So how was it like managing with the lockdowns and getting yourself back to the forum to be able to, to fight and win? Um, you know, as long as you have the will, the drive and everything up here and in your heart, you can, you can do anything, man. As long as you believe and you got, you know, your good support, you, you can accomplish anything. Even if you don't have the support, as long as you believe that's all that matters. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like after literally after like uh, the UFC when uh, we discovered after my muscle biopsy of why the rhabdo was happening. Yeah, um, it was due to like a genetic, I guess, disorder and deficiency. But over that time, we did you know a mock cut. Obviously, everything in secret. I had to cut outside in the sauna suit. Went on a hot summer day. Yeah, just to do a mock cut just to see and put myself in that stress to see if it would happen again, and then you know, try to really exhaust the legs and see if it'll happen again. And it didn't. And then in the last fight, no symptoms, no nothing. Everything was like mint. Everything was perfect. Uh, obviously there's some things like in the fight, like that I, I could have done better. I, I did obviously want to finish. Everybody yeah, does. Everybody uh, wants that, but it's not it's every, like, I don't like, I don't think there's a fighter that goes into the cage thinking, Oh, I, I just want a, a decision and I'll be happy if I walk out with a decision. And, I'll, <laughs> and I don't think yeah. anybody goes in the war. We're going to beat each other up, but yeah, we're going all 25 minutes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, we always train for it. You always train for the worst and, you know, expect the best. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, like I said, no symptoms, any of that stuff. And then when they finally let restrictions go, uh, gyms were back to being open and things yeah. didn't have to be, or you'd have to go to people's houses or in their garage or, you know, go into parks and do pad work or go to wherever. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it's just, and then once lockdowns restrictions or whatever yeah. went down uh, to like 50% or whatever, and everything is able to be semi-normal. Then I was like, all right, let's just double down. Cause you don't know when it's going to happen again. Like yeah, look yeah. Where we're at. No, look <laughs> we just came out of another one. We'll, we'll talk about that in, in a second, but I, I wanted to get back. I like, I remember back in the day when you were fighting on score fighting series early on in your pro career, you, you did have some calf issues, um, yeah. but it wasn't as predominant as I, I, I believe it developed uh, in the past couple of years. Um, now you had that issue going into into the UFC, right? Those that that was affecting you during those fights. Uh, not the one seventy fight, just because I was walking around around like one seventy, one seventy four. So yeah. when I fought, like just walking in there perfectly healthy, nothing like. But no when cut, I yeah yeah when I cut to fifty five against Austin, um, you know I I had my diet and everything like perfect, immaculate. But what I didn't know is I was doing damage to my body by keeping my body that low and staying oh, okay. on it. So then when I had to cut the five to eight pounds, I rehydrate and my body's like, well, now we got to heal and recover because the damage that was already done. Now we're going to make up for the lost time. And that's yeah. why my leg got off and go into rhabdo mode. And, uh, and then I'd have to go to the hospital. They could put me on IV. I'd have to keep drinking water, Gatorade. And stay hydrated just to protect like uh, my organs, my kidneys, uh, just to get the toxins out of my body. Like it's yeah. it, it sucked. And and I mean, for someone who hasn't competed before, to 
put it in perspective, going into a, a, a professional mixed martial arts fight, especially in at the UFC level like yourself, without your fucking leg working, is a big fucking big big friggin' deal. Like uh like going into the fight in the back of your head, I'm sure that there was like little nagging things. I'm sure like everybody has injuries going into a fight. I don't think there's one guy people be lying to tell you if they oh yeah, I went imperfect. But I mean going in with something like that did it affect you like prior to the fight or did like once things got going and the round started going, then you're like, Oh fuck, something's wrong. Uh, so like anytime I would notice, like when I first noticed it, like even for my first fight, when I fought, uh, when I first went down to 145, yeah. when I tried it, uh, I felt it in the dressing room and I'm like, Reno and, uh, like, and James, I'm like, yo man, like something's wrong with my legs. I'm like, it feels like I'm getting like, it's, it feels like it's ballooning and tightening. And I'm like, I can't, I can't move. I, I have no spring. I have no bounce anymore. Yeah. And I go in the fight and I'm like, okay, I know adrenaline's there. Okay. We're okay. We can move, but my speed is now down. My footwork is just terrible. <laughs> like yeah. I can't move or do anything. I'm just like, man, I just got to swing and hope for the best and just try to catch this guy. Yeah. And then as soon as the fight was done, uh, judge lifts uh, Mustafa's arm and I'm like, Hey, you know, like he got the takedown, you know, he finished, it was, uh, like 28, 27 or something like that. I don't remember, but he won. That's all yeah. that mattered. And, uh, as soon as I got down from the cage, I literally just collapsed. Like my legs just went forward and I was like, I can't, I can't move. Like I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah. And like my, like footballs, man, like footballs. Fuck. So then, <laughs> so then there's been a couple other fights that haven't been as bad, but then on the Austin Hubbard one, same thing. Uh, the doctors there in the UFC, they grabbed like a bunch of ice packs, started taping it. Cause they're like, okay, Dude, like oh, your, your calves are, you know, decent size, but they shouldn't look like an NFL football. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like Hartman syndrome. And I'm like, Oh, maybe that could be a thing, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm in rhabdo just because like, I've been studying it for a bit now. Like, and I'm going to doctors. I check my blood work and they're like, yeah, your CK levels uh, are like elevated. Like they're over like 9,000, 12,000. And it just kept rising and rising. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, like that's not good. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, uh, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't fucking look good when the number keeps going up, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, that doesn't make sense. Like you're just sitting there and your number keeps going up every time we test you. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't like I'm just I'm just trying to live, you know. Yeah. So I mean, um, obviously the pandemic hit after uh, the UFC stint, and then um, I'm I'm gonna assume that you use that time to kind of heal up and put your body back where it needed to be, right? Or was it? Is that what the plan was when all the kind of the bullshit kind of started, or was it just kind um, of forced for you? Honestly, it was kind of like a it's like a blessing and a curse, like kind of like this stuff happening because it did let us slow down and just to see okay let's work day by day and see what's going on yeah let's narrow everything down from a diet so now my diets like when i have to cut weight for like fight camp it's uh high carbs high protein no fats because yeah. i break down the fats and it just goes uh, see you later um and my body just doesn't use any of the nutrients from it so i have to supplement like l-carnitine um i think like multivitamins and all that other stuff but a yeah. lot of l high protein, high carbs, uh, doing the mock cut help or helped, I should say. And, uh, doing like the camp, whether it was in people's garages or 
secret facilities that were <laughs> secret facilities. <laughs> uh, uh, look at us, <laughs> fucking professional fighter style secret facilities. Like it's insane that we have to even say that, right? But, yeah, and it's like it was tough too because like I'm still working on my visa and all that stuff, and with the visa, it would be easier for me to cross. Because be like, oh yeah, you know, you're a professional athlete, you have your visa, you do your thing. See you yeah. later. But now it's like you gotta cross, and then I think what get a PCR test. Well, and, I know, I know one of your teammates, uh, fellow UFC fighter TJ, uh, he had a lot of issues at the border preparing for his fight as well, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and I mean, like to to put it in perspective, like when you when you're preparing for a mixed martial arts fight, there's so many mental shit that goes on besides the actual fight. Like Yeah, like you're already stressed out enough. You're already exactly you're already stressed yeah. out enough because you've been given a date. There's another fucking animal at the other side of the world sometimes, you know, training to beat your face in. So you're obsessed with this preparation. And to top it off, like but like TJ pops over the border to fucking train, comes back and now he has to deal with fines and fucking bullshit like i mean the test is fine i get it but like like there's got to be some sort like if you want athletes to represent the country and be proud to represent the country and take our flag and say amazing things well then the treatment's got to be there as well and i feel like and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like for the sport of mixed martial arts it's not there yet um the respect for the athletes is not there yet, especially on the government side. I feel like it's just not something that they want to jump on board with, which is pretty a shame. It's a shameful, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think like we are a little behind. Like, remember how long it took for what was it, Ontario, to finally legalize? Yeah, Ontario, and then it was like this huge big thing. And it's yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying. Like they they still kind of look at mixed martial artists as like brutes or like just savage beasts or like pit fighters just locked up street fighters or bar brawlers or you know where it's like you know you get a boxer they're like they're treated they're very like almost same ground but a little better it's it's different because i mean my my gym that i train at now at grants mma has a lot of professional boxers a lot of high level professional boxers and I'm not saying they get preferential treatment, but I see exactly what you're saying where it's it's not viewed the same because it's been technically legal for, you know, decades before MMA even got sanctioned in, in Ontario. So there's there's a more yeah. of a, a, an understanding, put it that way. Yeah, where boxing is like, it's been there. It's It has its history moments where MMA is still so new and still, uh, I guess, fresh. Yeah. It's only... I guess, well, if we go by what the UFC is, what is it, like 28 years old now? Or yeah, something I, ran, like that. I ran that. But, I mean, legal in Ontario, I believe. Like 2012. It, yeah. And so, like, we're still, like, we're as old as the iPhone, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, that that's, like, that's the, the degree of it. So, I mean, it, it's a shame that it's come to that. But um, getting back to what we were talking about before, but like, uh, I guess the pandemic had a good – uh, was in a good way a blessing because you're able to fix some of those issues, right? Yeah, there's like there wasn't as much of a rush where it's like we can narrow things down, study things, and you know, uh, my girlfriend and uh, well, I guess fiance now because we're engaged. Oh, congratulations! Because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a nurse, and you know, yeah. she, her, and her family, and you know, other people at the hospital that she works with, uh, 
investigated it as well and helped us out big time. And like, even like some of the neurologists here and uh, other doctors and uh, were like, cause rhabdo is kind of rare, like, you know, uh, for especially young athletes. And, yeah. but now it's becoming more common with like marathon runners, CrossFitters, uh, some MMA fighters, but it's, uh, during- I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if I developed some form of it too, because I had just had the Achilles done, uh, back in 2020. So I've had some, uh, we were planning to get back in there last year, but I was having issues with the calf too. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it, uh, I developed some sort of issues similar to it. Along yeah. The yeah. Yeah. You gotta like slowly like work your way back. Cause anytime it happened to me, it was like, you went from being a peak performance elite athlete and then you just went back to like negative 10 yeah on the scale and then it's like okay baby step okay now we can walk okay we can speed walk okay we can jog a little bit okay we can shadow box okay now we can do some bag work do some weights like you gotta just eh, like what i've learned is take it slow and just don't redline yourself yeah um but yeah the the pandemic helped on that part and that aspect uh, like the first lockdown, not the, <laughs> not the subsequent lockdown. 70 after. <laughs> yeah. The, it was the first one where we're like, holy smokes, like this is serious. Like we, we live in an era where like a crazy pandemic happened and now it's like, okay, what's really going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's fake because no. obviously people who get in. Well, you know, I mean, I've had it. I'm, I, there's no, I'm never, there's, there's nothing fake about it. It's just, I mean, we're not going to get into the, that's a whole fucking other seven hour discussion. Of the, that's a <laughs> different animal, the politics of the pandemic. But I don't think, I don't think anyone ever, well, any rational human being ever thought it was a, not a real disease. Like I, I, I've, I've had it, it punched me in the fucking gut. I've had it, it, it took me out for a couple of days, but um, I think we're, we're more along the lines of the measures, especially for athletes and, gyms in in specific now i know like reno has an amazing facility out in windsor um and you know i i like to ask everybody about the effects it has on gyms and and business owners like reno because i don't think it's been talked about enough and i don't think it's been i think it's been shoved aside the the negative repercussions that this has had not just on athletes but on people who are putting all that finance, all that effort, all that work, everything that he's built out there. And then, you know, two years, it's, it's, it's gotta, it's gotta have had a big effect, especially for a town like Windsor where there's not many places, right? Yeah. Well, there's, we have one, two, three, four, maybe four at most, there you go. but it's like, man, these business owners, uh, like, if they weren't doing other things or working another job, they would have been just, they would have been killed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's just, it's a good thing. Reno is smart with his money. And like he, he took a big hit too with his own personal finance where it's like, you know, the gym's supposed to, you're supposed to grow, build, have this family, you know, like how it always is. And then, yeah. you know, create these families, these bonds with all these magnificent people. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden everything gets shut down and it's like, okay, yeah, they're a serve and you get these grants, but it doesn't last long when you have all this overhead and all these bills and all these taxes you have to pay yeah. on all that with that anyway. Well, I think what gets lost in that message too is that, you know, yeah, you're, there's subsidies, but people quit, right? People have, like, other people have their own 
personal finance issues going on outside of the gym. Like the members have, some people might have lost their jobs. Some people might have reduction in hours, so they didn't get the same amount of pay, et cetera, et cetera. So they have to cut back in certain areas. And I know there was tons of people and shout out to everybody who continued their memberships and continue supporting gyms uh, while they were shut down. But not a lot of people were in those financial positions. And so like you can get a subsidy to keep your gym open and not close down. But then when it is open, you've now lost three, four, five, ten, maybe even more members that you have to get back. Right. And then that's revenue gone because there's no subsidy when it's open. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now it's okay. Now I have to rebuild my brand. I have to reach out more. I have to do more online advertising, uh, word to mouth advertising, you know, uh, display advertising, just anywhere, or just, just to rebrand yourself to get all these new members. And it's just like, how many times are you gonna have to do this? Like yeah. how many more restrictions, how many more lockdowns, how many yeah. more times you have to keep resetting, you know, like, and especially when it's being said by, you know, uh, doctors and all these, you know, I guess I would say scientists where it's like, you know, the better your health is, the better chance you have. Yeah. So it's okay. Eat well, work out, move your blood around, move your body around, do your thing. Okay. That's what a gym does. Yeah. <laughs> good, health, good for your physical health. Well, yeah. what's the here, you know? Well, I mean that, uh, I think, I think it's safe to say common sense was lost with a lot of the, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. But I think that also came from the fact that a lot of, politicians in general they don't work out as simple as that they don't exercise they don't treat themselves in that same manner as like me you or you know some of our clients do um so they they quite don't understand and i mean i just did a podcast with uh Krusaji from pound for pound here and okay. we were t- we were talking about um how mixed martial arts gyms crossfit gyms gyms that do classes in general they provide that sense of community that you were just talking about where like, it's not always about working out and lifting weights and punching shit and getting ready for fights. It's about like, sometimes I just fucking show up to the gym, roll to a couple rounds and we shoot the shit and we have fun and we just talk shit for like, you know, 20, 30 minutes after while we're stretching. And that's like therapy. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's your mental health and your physical health. It's even if you're not like, like you said, busting your ass or working for a fight, it's, creating these bonds with new people and, and you get to just enjoy everyone's well-being because there's no, there's no politics there. It's, yeah, it's exactly. you, me, uh, we talk about our families, our pets. Oh, this new bar, this new restaurant. Oh, we should go try it. All right, let's go. Oh, you can yeah. eat sushi. Let's go. You know, like, <laughs> uh, talk you know about, I, mean? I remember my last meal with you guys at a fucking in Windsor before I moved back there. You guys took me to Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell, where's that, man? <laughs> so your last fight, uh, after the, the, the layoff, um, tough fight, right? Tough opponent. Um, how did you feel going into that? And how did you feel coming out with, uh, obviously you got the results you wanted. Uh, how did you feel, you know, physically, mentally after the layoff and the UFC and the transition from the UFC going into that one? Um, honestly, like I felt like the best I possibly have ever felt like ever. Amazing. Like, my mentality, my strength, uh, my overall athleticism, just like even my overall shape, just from, you know, doing sports specific things with strength and conditioning, doing all these things with Reno, doing all these things with other teammates, 
uh, cross training to all these other gyms and just working with all these great athletes. Um, I felt, yeah, I felt the best I've ever felt. And, um, obviously I wanted to highlight real, everybody does, but I got the decision, uh, even for the full 25 minutes, I still had, I would say 90% of my strength. Like I didn't expect to just randomly pick up, uh, do for and just slam them in the last like 10 seconds and then just try to smash them out. But, uh, it just happened. And I was like, man, I feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I mean, that was, how hard was it to get a fight, um, for yourself at that time? Because I know like, it's not easy right now for any professional to get a fight. Uh, so how difficult was it to get it set up and kind of get back going after the layoff? Um, it it was tricky. That's why we're like still working on the visa because the States, it's like, they got to show every week, sometimes twice a week. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to drop this amount of money because this is an investment for future purposes. Yeah. I'm still waiting on it, which is okay. I understand just because of the whole COVID thing and, you know, everything going on and it's a process. Yeah. Um, for Canada, it, it just, whatever opportunity was there, you had to go and take because you yeah. don't know, like, if you're going to be open and free or if you're going to be restricted. So it's yeah. like, oh, exactly. we're going we're gonna to go and we're going to take it. Like, this is yeah. it. Uh, enjoy yourself after the the job is done and then you know stay ready that way you don't have to get ready yeah exactly and and that's exactly what i'm being told now too because we're getting ready to get my my ass back in there and and it's like ideally i would love after a long layoff and a surgery to like hey here's 12 weeks here's the fucking day uh get yourself ready but you know my coach is like dude we it's not gonna work out like that we're we're gonna set a timeline where we want to get you in there and look for shit, but we got to stay ready. You got to keep your weight low. You got to keep eating right. And whatever pops up, we're going to have to, you know, smartly take it obviously. Right. Not just. Fucking- yeah. It's, everything's got to be calculated because it is a business at the same time. Yeah. yeah you no, just- you, it only take you about eight to 10 weeks and you're going to be a shark anyway. So yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> my, my, my biggest issue and, I don't know if it was the same in Windsor. My biggest issue was getting the grappling work in because it's very easy during restrictions and all that kind of stuff. Like if you have a bag, you can fucking hit the bag and work on your striking. You can get pads, but for grappling, wrestling, those kind of things, you need a a room. You know what I mean? You need a a room. You need mats. You need high level level guys. You need coaching. You can't like – it's I I can easily get a bunch of guys together and roll. It's not a fucking problem. But yeah. um, preparing for an actual opponent is not just getting together and rolling. So I found it just very difficult to get that aspect of mixed martial arts trained during the last years. Do you find that it was the same for you as well? Um. See, for it's crazy because my last fight camp until restrictions were like open i only had two sparring sessions jeez so i only got to spar twice yeah wow two different gyms got to spar do some mma work but for like grappling and all that because we have like to come see jujitsu uh the hybrid and mtc so all the guys of the the small like high level guys get together we'd all gather wherever different location whatever location and we would just work we would drill we would do situational stuff so it would be like a hard hour, two hours, and then with different people, different things, work technique, and then 
and then we would just go about our day and then all right let's, uh, let's go for a run or anything go all right now it's time for pads where yeah. it was crazy because i didn't like i said i only sparred twice and it was when restrictions were lifted yeah. before that it was just strictly all like grappling all rolling yeah and <laughs> the, and do you find that when you don't spar as much as we're used to it's kind of a little bit better um what well, okay let me let me clarify what i'm trying to get at because it's a it's a, it's a stupid statement i just heard it in my head um I know we have to spar timing, all that kind of stuff comes from the sparring timing, you know, uh, mentality, all that kind of stuff. But I found that like when shit is wide open, when there's no restrictions and you can do whatever the fuck you want, my dumb fighter brain wants to spar more than I should. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Whereas when there's a kind of a limit on it. You're able to kind of protect the thing that, you know, this thing up here, the brain. Smart. Yeah. A little bit more because it's not as readily available. Do you think that it's it somehow in, in a weird way, it kind of was beneficial or no? Um, yes and no. Cause I, the hard, like if you hard spar, let's say like bi-weekly to get to like that, just to feel that pressure, that pace. I think yeah. that's, I think a lot of like technical sparring between anywhere from like 60 to 80%. I think that's perfect yeah. where you just, you know, move and flow and then put it all together. And then do, you know, your positional, your wall work, your, all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think, like I said, maybe sparring a couple times a month at most, like real sparring, yeah. like real, real sparring is like, that's it. Cause like, I, like I said, like I only sparred twice and I felt great. Like my sharpness and like my fight IQ and, you know, just being able to see the shots and just being able to be like, Oh, I can, I can slip and I can duck these. Yeah. Oh, here's a takedown. Like, Oh my God. Like. <laughs> you're not like i guess like numbed to the point where you're like oh, okay these things are here i'm just gonna do something and then go for it it's you're reacting and going you're reacting and going yeah you're actually um analyzing it situation instead of just like brutally using your skill set to just br- like get through it so to speak yeah yeah and, and that that's a difficult balance to find for most athletes i think in any sport right because you have these these athletic gifts athletic talents to kind of get let you get away with shit like you know what i mean there's there's certain positions where i'm i know like my hips are good enough i'm like i can fuck around here and get away with a lot of bad shit but then you know in a real situation in a real fight it can also get you severely hurt it really hurt (laughs) against against a really great good opponent and like especially for you you compete you're competing with high high level guys ufc world-class level fighters now you got a big one coming up in a few weeks um yeah against uh, a fellow canadian uh now i hate ask i don't ask this question because i think when media asks that question it's stupid like what's your game plan I'm like what the fuck off i'm not gonna tell you my game plan no yeah, here here here's word for word what i'm planning to do with my coaches no <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, like, like how are you feeling about this fight and and this specific opponent i know it's a, a fellow canadian ex-ufc fighter um you know if shane looks like he's hungry he's ready to go He's been getting himself back in there. So how are you feeling about this this come this one coming up? Uh, I feel good. Like ever since the do for fight, I still I'm still like doing my things. I'm still strength conditioning. I'm still, you know, drilling and trying to master those basics. I, I feel 
excellent athletically, uh, cardio wise, strength wise, uh, fight IQ, all that stuff. I, I feel yeah. great. Like, I know you don't, like I said, like you said, you don't ask that question, but it's like, man, at the end of the day, like the game plan goes out of the water and you just fight. Yeah. And, and you stick to your guns. Yeah. And, so, uh, I mean, um, so where, where's this, where's, where's this fight? This one's in the U S right? Uh, this one's in Edmonton. Okay. So it's in Canada. So it's not too bit bad of a travel. So, um, preparation wise now, it's, I know we've said we're going to get back to it. Obviously after your last fight, we went to a fucking lockdown again. Cause, yeah, yep. uh, cause, cause the government is fucking retarded. So, how ha, like obviously that's got to have to have some effect on your preparations how have you kind of adjusted i know that this is like the fourth or fifth time we've done this adjustment so how has it been preparing for this one as opposed to the last the last couple uh during the lockdowns uh i would say like very similar just you know adjust as things go and yeah. uh, as long as we get the work in and do the right things uh, whether it's working with an elite wrestler or an elite striker or an elite mixed martial artist. And then, you know, just uh, specific things for pads or specific things and positional stuff to, okay, this is what he's good at. Okay. We're going to nullify that. We're going to neutralize that. All right. This is what you're good at. All right. We're going to do this. Yeah. And then it's just all those things that create good habits. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, it makes everything like up here feel better so you're more confident you're more you're more ready to go like there's no you won't have any doubts no matter what like yeah you every fight every fight's uncomfortable you get to a point where you're like man we're stupid for doing this and then after you're like this was sick all, I'm ready all, yeah I'm, i only feel that way for like 10 minutes after and then I'm yeah like, <laughs> then then you get that dumb question someone's like oh, oh congratulations so when's the next one i'm like motherfucker i just got out of there <laughs> like, yeah like let me chill for a bit. Uh, let me let, yeah let me be, like, <laughs> like let me be a human being for a little bit my face is still fucking hurting like i want to be a human yeah. being for a couple like uh that, that's happened to me every time i fight i'll fight someone will be like hey great job when's the next one i'm like um can I can I eat first and then yeah we can finish eating. Uh, we'll we'll talk about this after man yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean so you got this this big one coming up um, now a win a win here against such a good guy like Shane really puts you back in the mix to get back in the UFC is that the ultimate goal obviously everyone wants to get back in the UFC and and compete at that level you feel like this is the one that's gonna put you there I I believe so like if somehow either one of us don't get called up beforehand um i feel like whoever wins out of this fight will get that call back just because it's like we're the top two canadians at our division who yeah. are not in the ufc or bellator and we are the elite of the elite in our country right now absolutely so yeah this is who will be the next one to come back so it's basically just a comeback season fight for both of us yeah <laughs> so i mean and that puts a little bit more pressure on it, but I mean, you've been in those situations before, right? Uh, where, you know, I mean, your 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 UFC debut uh, for people who don't know, it was on short notice, right? And yeah, it was what yeah. one week, right? Yeah, one yeah, seven days or six days, a week, but yeah, a week against a guy in a different weight class, you know, no problem, I'll fucking do it, right? Yeah, why not? It's just um, every everybody. Well, if anyone gets touched, right? Everybody's brains the same. We all work the same way. It's just can somebody handle it or not handle it? That's all. Yeah. And now when you got that call, how, uh, how did that feel? Like finally getting the call 
to get to the big leagues. It's uh, surreal, and it just makes you know and makes you feel like all that hard work, it does pay off. It will yeah. always pay off, and no, no matter what you do in life, whether it's your job or your sport or mixed martial arts, the hard work will always pay off, and you'll, it'll, get, it'll get you to where you want to go. And uh, after like accomplishing that and getting that call, it really made me believe that 110% more. Yeah. Like this is the, your purpose. You know, this is what yeah. you, were, you were put here to do that. Like it was because I mean, I've been following you. I've been following you and obviously we trained together back in the day for a long time. So I know the punishment that you've put yourself through <laughs> to, to get to that point. Right. I mean, your first, I'm, when I was living there, the first, there was a, I don't think there was a fight where I didn't see this guy marked up. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm really white and I bruise really, really yeah. easy. Maybe, 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 like my wife is white as shit too, so I, I'll just like blow a breeze on her and she'll fucking turn red. So maybe that yeah. was it. Yeah. But maybe. but like uh, you put in the time, so I mean that call had to feel like the best fucking outcome for like you know when you look back on it when you're old and gray and i'm very sure you're going to get the call again after this fight um but that first call is probably going to be the like the icing on the cake in terms of like uh your the work that was put in to get to this point not by just you too because it's the coaches as well right yeah Um, well their time their time matters just as much because it's not only it's like yeah there's us like our our, us as fighters but then it's the coach that deals with you know you myself the other seven guys that are fighting and it's like yeah, yeah they is their goal the same as yours or, or yours or mine maybe but sometimes their goal is just i just want to turn pro and i i want to get a win yeah. to them that's the ufc tough for us you know what yeah. i mean like they want to get to that level whether it's ufc or they just want to be a successful pro have a good record and just do well or they just want to get out there and that's their big day. Like that's, yeah. you know, where us, it's like our goal is the UFC or, you know, make a great living. And, you know, whether it's Bellator, PFL, be the champ of the, the big leagues. Uh, so, yeah, that's yeah. and varies. Well, one of the things that I admire you a lot about, and it's something I trade uh-huh. I carry to is like, I'm very loyal when it comes to my coaching and my, the people around me. Right. Um, so like you've been with the same team and the same coaches your entire career. Mm-hmm. How important is it for you to continuously have Reno and Paul and those guys around you? Because I know like when I mean, this happens so much. You've seen it when when people get to a certain level, they think they're kind of better than the place that they were at. And then they just fucking go and train somewhere else and, and leave them behind and it's yeah. kind of, like how important for you is it to have you know your family the people who brought you there with you throughout the journey uh i think in my personal perspective it's i think it's the most important because it's like especially with coaches like reno and paul it's like they want you to go travel to these other gyms get better yeah. become the best athlete you can be and you can still be loyal to us and still represent our banner Absolutely. you know um and i feel like as a coach or having a coach or coaches like them, you know, them being in your corner, they'll, you know, give you that reassurance. They'll give you that motivation. They, they know you as much as you know them, you know what I mean? And there's that bond and you, you can't like, I can't be like, okay, 
by Reno, all these guys. I'm, I'm going to uh, Extreme Couture, yeah. and now I'm gonna have uh, you know Randy and all these other guys uh, be my coach, and I'm gonna you know make it big with them, and then all of a sudden they get everything. But it's like, yeah. man, they just put all this work into you, developed you, and now they're just reaping the benefits. Well, I also feel too uh, is that when you have the same coaching staff, and, and they have to be good, they can't be like. Some people make changes and I agree with them, right? Because maybe it was a a toxic environment or something like that. That's a separate story. But when you have coaches who are there throughout your entire career or a good portion of the career, they see you at your best and they see you at your worst. So when, you know, shit hits the fan in the cage, they know like maybe you're not fucking trying your hardest. Maybe they know you're there's something like Kyle doesn't look right right now. There's something's off with his mental. So they're able to tap into situations in the gym or, you know, if you're hanging out personally where they're like, you know, hey, dude, suck the fuck up because, you, you know, you're going to lose this fight or you're down two rounds. Get your mind right. Right. Whereas if you don't have the same coaches around, they don't pick up on those cues. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you, it's that it's that bond. It's, it's all about that bond. Yeah. Like you can go train. Like I said, anyone should be able to go train and go wherever, you know, pay your dues wherever, but be loyal to those coaches that helped you grow and develop. Yeah. That's just, that's just me. Well, but like, and, and it's, no, it's not just, it's not just you. That's what good fucking martial artists do. Like um, yeah. my, 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 my jujitsu coach, when I was starting there, I like, I think I was about a purple belt when, when we had this discussion and I told him that we're not, I'm not getting all the aspects of martial arts that I need here. And it's not a knock on him or his gym. It was just, he's more focused, like he's running a business. So he's more focused on, you know, the gi and putting on the gi and doing all that kind of stuff. Whereas for me, I'm like, Oh, I want to fight. So I need to be doing no gi. I need to be doing wrestling. I need to be doing all these things, but they're not offered. And, you know, and that's where the ego aside, good coaches are able to do that. Like you just said, it's a, he's like, go, go train, go train at all those other places. Cause I know that you're a loyal student and you'll still be back here. And I think that's missing in some aspects of mixed martial arts. Yeah. Well, for me, as like a great example would be, if you look at all the greats, look who's been in their corners, most of their career, like GSP, Khabib, DC, you know? Even like John Jones, I know there's, that's a different issue, but yeah. uh, even like, you know, all those great athletes, they still had their OG coaches because they're loyalty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with like Khabib or even like uh, the American top team guys, yeah. you know, they all stay with those guys and they just train cross train or they bring people in yeah. and, and they just stay with them. They're not, they're not hopping to gym, the gym, the gym, gym. And then sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't but it's like well i'm going to give you a good example of a former foe where it didn't work out kevin lee right um i was just about to say, <laughs> like, right like wait this sounds familiar because yeah. I, I just i just seen that he posted something about he's going to a new place yeah and so like i'm i'm gonna give him his his respect because i respect him as a fighter he's a great athlete and a great fighter oh, and he's done a, and he's done a lot of He's competed against some of the best in the fucking world, and he's still doing it. But I think one of the issues where he ran into problems where was when things went wrong, 
And when I say wrong, a simple loss, he overthought it too much. Like it was um, somebody's fault. It was somebody's fault, but his own. Right. And I think that's where a lot of athletes, not just in mixed martial arts, they, they, they fuck this piece up. Like you lose. Okay. Losing is part of sport. You have to accept that. But the loss isn't the coach's fault. 99% of the time, it's something you did. Yeah, your, or it's somewhere up here. It's somewhere up fighting. here. And like for an athlete like him, when I watch him fight, it's exactly what you just said. It's up here. Because um, athletically, he's gifted. He's, 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 he's a specimen. He's a specimen. Like, guy's got abs on abs on abs. I only get the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get... I get a four pack only when I cut weight. The guy wakes up with seven pack. Like like he's got sixty abs. He's fucking yeah, he's, he's <laughs> an athletic specimen. So I feel like when athletes like him run into issues where they lose or, you know, they have less impressive wins or something like that, they start falling into that mental trap where they're looking for people to blame for a, an own personal issue. Whereas if he I think if he had just stuck with because it's not like he was training at bad places. He's training at what? With uh, Extreme Couture, I think, in Vegas. Yeah, Extreme Couture. He was up at uh, in Montreal. Like these are world class level uh, gyms. Gyms, yeah, they're the elite gyms. The they're elites of elites the, go there. The best of the best of the gyms. You have the best guys in the world traveling to be there. So I don't think it's a matter of lack of coaching at that point. You know what I mean? So how, how like. What would your advice be to athletes like him um, where they struggle with that part of the game? Uh, For me, I would say, like, you need to sit down with, like, your group and you need to do some, I I guess, communication. Like, okay, where am I shitting the bed? Okay, where do I need to improve? What do I need to do? do I need to see like a sports psychiatrist just to help my mental game? Do I have to, you know, do these things? What do I reassess? You know, it's like, I already, especially when you're at that point, it's like, you already have the skill set. You know how to fight. Yeah. You know how to fire, you know how to roll, you know how to wrestle, you know how to do all these things. Okay. Let's break it down to where, why are you feeling like this? Is your cardio lacking? Why is it? Why is it? Is it up here? And you're looking for a way out or, do you need to push harder? Like, what is it? You know, like, I think it's a big communication thing with him and the coaches that need to be uh, brought to his attention. Maybe hold yourself more accountable. It totally depends. It totally depends. But to me, it's like, all right, I want to talk to my coaches. Uh, I want constructive criticism. I don't want, like, if you're going to, like, verbally abuse me, at least do it constructively so I can learn. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. You know? <laughs> and like, uh, and I think that one of the um, things that I missed, and this is me, this is me personally, was <clears throat> when I'm, I've had injuries just like you, and my career has been riddled with injuries, like surgery after surgery. Yeah, knee and surgery, knee, knee surgery, pec surgery, fucking yeah, I kid. yeah I, I tore the pec uh, yeah. in 20, is that 17? Uh, 20, 2018. After I fought King of the Cage, and then 2019, I was recovering. Then the fucking pandemic, and then I, they're like, "Oh, you want to fight?" Because I think they're, uh, that was like in June of 2020. 20, when did this shit start? 2020, yeah. It's like yeah. March. 
20 yeah, or March, something. So like in June, they're like, yo, September, they're starting fights again. You want, you want, let's book you. I'm like, great, let's go. So I did some yoga. I was all stretched out, went for a run, pop, Achilles went, right? Oh. So then. <laughs> oh, God. I can only imagine. I would have thrown up for sure. Let me, let me tell, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this story. So <clears throat> I did yoga at the house because it was, that was in the depths of the first lockdown. So everything was fucking locked, right? So there's, there was. We, we didn't have secret training yet because nobody knew what the fuck was going on. So yeah, I actually like supremely dangerous because we didn't know it was the unknown. Yeah. But yeah the, on, right. it's the, spook, the spooky COVID. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I did a fucking hour long yoga session online. And so I'm stretched out. I'm ready to go. I'm like, okay. So I hop in the car and I drive to a field like four minutes away from my place. Nothing crazy. Stadium. So I got my ladder out, footwork done. I'm doing sprints done. Um, I'm sweating balls. It's fucking June. It's like there's no, uh, I'm trying to paint this picture. There's no like deficiency in my muscles. I'm hydrated. I drank like fucking three yeah, liters. Feel good. Feel fucking great. Loose. Uh, and I'm on my last sprint, right? I'm doing 100 meter sprints to finish off. So I, I was doing, you know, 20s. I did 10 of those. Then I did 1040s. 60s and then after 60s i'll do a few hundreds and then i'm fucking going home i'm done i'm on my second last 100 meter sprint and i plant pop fall on the floor have my headphones in so i'm fucking jamming to beats so i thought somebody i knew came from behind and was just like hey let me push ashton and get his attention because he's not paying attention so i'm looking around the field like empty stadium i'm looking around the field like and I'm like, oh fuck, no, that's that was a pop. And I'm just like, I try standing up. I'm like, oh shit, I can't stand up. I'm like, oh, I'm like fuck. So I call my wife because I have my cell phone in my pocket because I obviously have my headphones. I call my wife. I'm like, something just happened. She's like, what the fuck do you mean something just happened? You just went to the field to run. I'm like, yeah, I know. I planted I planted and I fell on the floor, babe. And I'm like, I'm in so much pain. And she's like, Well, are you gonna be able to come home? I'm like, Well, I'm gonna try because I drove, right? I drove the car there because I didn't want to jog. Um, I didn't want to jog to the field because I was like, you know, I'll do all the work in the field. Like this is like a mental the four minute drive will be my mental preparation. So I fucking got my ass home and I, I laid on the floor and I'm like, I think I just tore something in my leg. And my wife's like, what? Hashton, how the fuck did you do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I planted. Like, it, like it's one of those injuries where, like, you're like, I can't even explain it. Right? Yeah. And um, I got I got lucky that my knee surgeon, I have him on Instagram. So, so, so I sent him a message. And I'm like, dude, this happened. So he got me in two days later to see me. And he's like, dude, your fucking Achilles is torn. And I'm like, no. And oh. I was like, when can you do the surgery? Uh, at first I was like, how, like, how bad is this thing going to be? Like, and he's like, well, you you can't flex your calf. Like your calf is not connected to your, your ankle Dude. right now. So, oh. so he's like, uh, he goes and checks the schedule. He's like, I can do it in a month. I'm like, fuck. And we're in lockdown. Right. So I'm like a month with this. I don't know. Like that's, I'm like, can you do it any sooner? So he's like, he, he leaves the room. He's like, I have a colleague. He can do it tomorrow for you. And I'm like, okay. No way. That's hype. Yeah. I'm like, okay. But then I was like, I have a few questions though. 
I'm like, you know, how good is this guy? Like, I don't know if I want just anybody. But it turned out I, I got very fortunate that the, the tendon snapped right in the middle. So it was a stitch and go job. It, like it wasn't like if it had torn off the bone, I would have had to f- probably find a, a better surgeon to kind of do it. But it was a stitch and go job. But it was a miserable experience because there you're in lockdown and they won't allow my wife to come to the hospital with me. So I think I, I was actually I was at a friend's house last night and he was asking me about this. So um, I have the surgery. I think I'm first of all, let me let me say this. I asked the nurses there. This is during the first time. I'm like, how many surgeries do you guys normally have on a daily basis? Because there's nobody there, so I can talk to these nurses. Like, there's, they're not busy. Yeah, you're just like, and okay, whatever. They're like 40 to 50 on a day, and I'm like, how many are you doing right now? And they're like, eight. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Eight? Eight a day with how many people that live in Ontario, and you guys have went from 50 surgeries a day to eight? You know how many people are suffering right now? And we've done these lockdowns how many times? So that's like a firsthand experience for people who are listening. Like, that's the bullshit that's going on with with the the situation that's going on in the world right now. Like, eight. So they, you go. You can't. There's no fathom in my brain to go from fifty operations a day, whether it be for yeah, you went some, down something as simple as an Achilles to fucking eight. There's people dying of cancer, and you're telling me you go from fifty to eight. Fuck you guys. That's bullshit. But anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> so I'm. I'm in the hospital and I'm by myself, right? And like, I'm sure you've been in the hospital before, like before surgery, you're fucking freaking out because you don't know what is going to happen. They're going to put you under like, and then you just wake up, right? (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, I was kind of like excited, but I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) just like strapped. Really? For me, it's like every time I have a surgery, which is a lot, I'm like, Oh, at least I get a break. <laughs> at least I have an yeah, excuse right. to chill for fucking a week. But I woke up and, you know, my leg's in this fucking cast and nobody's there. And, I, you know, it, you, normally your wife or somebody's there and I have bad reaction to anesthetic. Normally I just throw up. I just throw up Ooh. every t- time I get anesthetic. So I'm, I wake up and I'm feeling sick as shit. Nobody's there. I'm ringing the thing. Nobody's coming. Finally, somebody comes. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. You're awake. All right, we'll call your ride. I'm like, okay. Had the surgery go? No, maybe I, I'd like to know about that first. He's like, oh yeah, the, it's good. The doctor's she's busy doing another thing, so he'll 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 call your wife later. I'm like, what the fuck is this Why bullshit? Now? Why not now? And then I'm like, well, what about you know? Can I get my stuff, my crutches, all that kind of stuff? Sure, he comes, hands, throws me the bag. I'm like, dude, I just had surgery. Like, you really think I can fucking? Pr- I think I can put my pants on right away. And so I, I get the crutches and I, I get out of bed and I'm like, I can't walk. Like, I can't do this right now. I'm too high on the anesthetic. There's no, yeah, you're like, uh. yeah, I was going to fall down. Right. And so I'm like, I can't do this. It's like, I'll get you a wheelchair. Gets me a wheelchair, pulls it up, walks away. I'm like, how the fuck do you expect me to get in this wheelchair, bro? <laughs> bro. <laughs> I, I, might, I might be this fighter dude who's like tough and shit, but I'm not fucking invincible. And yeah, so I'm human. I'm really adapted to pain. Like, yeah, I can do this, but I can't do this right now. So he gets me in the fucking chair and then they leave again. And I'm like, well, how am I going to get to my ride? Like, it was 
like I've done a few surgeries. It was quite possibly the worst experience I've had in a hospital. And I, it, and I had different nurses, but I feel like because of all the shit with the pandemic, it really has uh, – Canadian healthcare has really shit the bed, right, uh, f- from this. And, like, I've had um, – there's a girl in my church who she recently got the, the vaccine and she had a, a negative side effect where she was bleeding um, from her lady parts really, really badly, right, profusely. Yeah. And she's from India, so – you know, this is her first time at a Canadian hospital and she's telling me this story and I'm just getting angry, right? Because I'm just like, what the fuck is, what the fuck are we doing here? So she had a negative effect, which, which happens, right? I'm not, we're not, we're not talking about that shit right now, but she had a negative effect. She goes to emergency. They make her sit there for six hours before a doctor even sees her. And they're like, oh yeah, there's nothing we can do for you. Uh, here's some antibiotics. Send her home. She's still bleeding. So she was bleeding out of she was having her uh bleeding out of her uh, her lady parts for i think three days and no help and she told me when i saw her last week she told me that if she was in india there's no way that they would have left her untreated they would have done within five minutes of getting into that hospital they would have done everything they could have to help her and she's like as a foreigner she was ashamed of she was excited to move here and like now she's yeah. like she's like, like everybody yeah she's like ashamed that that's the healthcare system here and i'm and i'm not that's a separate topic and a, a thing but i mean it's just as, as athletes too we rely on the healthcare system quite a bit cuz you know we fuck ourselves up right um I think but, we need we need their help to help us get our license cuz ours is so like high level of get every single thing possible yeah <laughs> and uh so I mean, uh, I, I, it's hard for me for me to verbalize how how disappointed I am and how the healthcare system has kind of let everything down. And uh, I mean, going back to, to to fighting, like fighting in Ontario is probably the one of the harder fucking licenses to do. Um, yep. And like, I mean, to shed some light on it, I did all the medicals last year because I was planning to fight in November. It didn't happen because I was having issues with my calf. So I did all the medicals in October. And I'm like, okay, I have them all done. You know, let me apply for the license because, you know, uh, know, next next year I'll I'll be able to... No, you can't use those medicals. What the fuck, man? So, like, we go through all this effort to get all these tests done, all this, and you can't use those medicals because the calendar year stops in December, so you have to redo all the shit. And I'm like, like if yeah. if you were to walk into Michigan, they'd be like, oh yeah, you got them all done, great, let's fucking go, you're in to go. But like, yeah. uh, I don't. Do you think it's just because Ontario is so fresh with MMA that it's so difficult, or like, I think they're trying to do it in like, I understand the perspective on their side to make it like safer just to make sure because there is some incidences like somewhere uh wherever else in the world i don't want to name the places but where guys will go fight but they're already have a concussion and all of a sudden these guys are dying yeah so it's like that's on the commission and you know that's on the medical teams because it's like why'd you clear this guy he shouldn't have been cleared so i could totally see it from their their view but i believe you know why isn't your it should be because you said October, so October yeah. 
2020. So it should be good till October, 2021. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's like, okay, if, if this is already good, so why can't I go from December to December and then renew my stuff the following, uh, like January after that December. Yeah. But, uh, for me, I think the only thing that should be uh, redone all the time would be blood work, just because anything can happen. Um, and uh, maybe like an EEG or uh, a CT scan of or, the head, or a CT or MRI, depending how the, the fights went. Yeah. Like if it's like a if it's like a Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje type of fight, it's yeah. like okay, maybe we should check out your brain a little bit, or like yeah. if you get TKO'd or knocked out or something. Oh, absolutely, I agree with that one hundred percent. Right, but, but like uh, like okay. I'm talking yeah. about just. I haven't fought in two years. I have my medicals in order. I passed them all with flying colors. Oh, I'm not. You're not fighting in this calendar year, so you have to redo them. I'm like, like not only is that a waste of time and my and taxpayer well, money as well, right? Yes, it's like I don't. So why can't my physician use that same paper that you guys gave me? Just change the date because it says there's that it's good for sixty to ninety days. Yeah. Except for blood work. So why can't I just? re-hand in all that other stuff and just give you new blood work yeah now does yeah. the U- does the ufc operate the same way in turn like ontario or are they a little bit- um i i know like see the way like uh we've done, always done it it's like if you get licensed in ontario you can get licensed basically almost anywhere yeah i know that for sure um for the ufc whatever tests they have they will basically just give you an appointment and be like, okay, you need to go here, uh, go get this certain CAT scan that shows like something else inside the brain, like the blood vessels type of yeah. scan. And they don't accept uh, ophthalmologists for some reason, but they'll take an ophthalmologist yeah, yeah, yeah. for the test, which I'm like, it's kind of weird because they're both dilated eye exams. But I think because the American way is you got to have an ophthalmologist because I don't know if it's just because the, I the think, name difference or like the, the recognition or I don't know. It's the same uh, test. My, my best guess, and I don't want anyone to like quote me on this, is like it would be like an ophthalmologist is like a chiropractor. Like, you know, like you can put the doctor in front of it, but you're not a doctor. Whereas an ophthalmologist is a doctor of eyes. I could be yeah. fucking wrong, uh, but I, I believe that is the reasoning behind it. But at the same time, like you said, it's the same test. So why the fuck? Does it matter who signs off on it? You know what I mean? Yeah, they're both taking their little uh, drops that burn your eyes for a couple seconds. And then uh, that super bright light where I try to keep my eyes open, I'm like, you're going to have to just pry your fingers in there because I can't hold it open anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, so we got this, you got this big fight coming up uh, because I'll wrap this shit up because I know you got to go to bed soon and got to train and get ready for the week. But um, (laughs) Train. Go back train. <laughs> Go back train. But you got this big fight coming up. Um, now I personally know you're gonna win. That's that's just me. I know that I, I have confidence in my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, how do you picture this thing going down? Like, how is this? How how do you want to make your statement for hey UFC bitch? Let's get me back in there. I just want to dominate wherever it goes, dominate, show that I am superior in every form and aspect, whether it's we're against the cage or grappling, striking, wrestling. It doesn't matter. I just want to be, I want to be that dominant, complete mixed martial artist. I want to show, like I said, wherever it goes, 
I will do tons of damage wherever that fight goes. If it stays standing, sweet. If it goes yeah. on the ground, well, that's fine because either I'm going to get back up and I'm going to take you down or I'm going to submit you or I'm going to cut you open or anything like that. Ideally for me, if I can get a highlight rail knockout, that'd be sick. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, all want, right? we all, we all, we all want that, but, but if it's not a, if it's not a TKO KO, then obviously I would love a submission, but uh, yeah. if I just give me that and you know, he weathers a storm and he's tough and it goes three rounds. I'm cool with that too. I, I know I'm trained and I'm conditioned well enough to go through all that. Like I just went through with 25 minutes with who I think is another top elite in Canada with Michael Dufour. And yeah. I think he, and that kid's still young. Like he's going to be dangerous in a couple of years. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, but from photographs, he looks fucking chiseled as shit. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> like, like when I saw that, like, how big was he when he got in the cage? Like he looked a lot bigger than from weigh-ins. Oh, uh, Dufour, Michael yeah. Dufour. Yeah. Um. So they said he's like five eight, and I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because, uh, you know, when I got measured, it says I was like, one day I'd be like, depending if I'm wearing whatever shoes, but it'd be like five ten or just under five ten, depending yeah. what I'm wearing. And uh, I'm like, dude, you ain't no five eight. You're the same type. <laughs> he's yeah. got like John Jones reach. Like yeah. he, I think he's got like a 76 inch or inch reach or something. Awesome. something like, That's massive reach. Big. It was, more. it was dumb. I'm like, Holy smokes. It's like, okay, I got, I got decent reach for my size, but it's like, man, you got another arm on your arm. bro. Like, <laughs> he's got an arm growing off his arm. This motherfucker. Like, like, man, this guy's like Luffy and he can just stretch his arm out. Like, Holy smokes. And, uh, and like, I mean, it's happened to me where you get into cage with like, you, you you see an opponent on film or whatever and then like for example my last guy when we watched film on him he was fighting at heavyweight and he was fucking fat and kind of sloppy and we're like okay yeah let's go and i get to the weigh-ins i'm looking for the guy I'm like where the fuck is this motherfucker and then i see this guy fucking chisel to the tits and I'm like, that can't be the same motherfucker. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> he changed his life. He he changed was, like, why'd you start dieting when you had to fight me? Like, Fuck. But like, how many times have you gotten in the cage and you looked across and you seen a, a fucking guy just tanked and you're like, ah, oh, shit, what the fuck am I doing? And then, and then uh, the power. <laughs> that's kind of how I felt against Nordine because that weigh-ins, I'm like, oh, okay, he ain't, he ain't that big. And then I see him rehydrate and I'm like, damn, this guy's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, I'm like, I gotta try and just like run this guy down and just make sure he doesn't blast me. And that's all he did was just found his range, just used his IQ and just started blasting my legs. Yeah. But, and that happens a lot of times. There's like uh, one of my teammates, I think, you know, Urga Segeta, right? Yeah, um, I, I don't. Um, yeah. He fought at a BTC and he fought this guy from the States. And I, it might have been on the same card that you fought, uh, Scott. Yeah, I think it was. So he fought this. Big giant, yeah, Hulk, Hulk motherfucking looking black guy, right? And <laughs> me and my wife, uh, my wife looks in this shit like we look at. I'm like, I, I believe in Ergus, but that motherfucker's big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? this, this is some Goliath shit. Like, yeah, and then the I funny, exactly the funny, talking. the funny thing was, it's like how big that guy was, and then Ergus like. It's funny when that happens in mixed martial arts when it's like because that's how amazing the sport is. Is where. Like Ergus is not a muscular uh, guy. He carries just like an average looking, average looking. looking fucking dude. 
Got Those some... are the dangerous ones. Yeah, and then he just... <laughs> The, the fight starts, and he picks this fucking Goliath up over his head and starts slamming it. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I mean, that happens quite a bit. And, yeah, I mean, there's always memes where it's like they have the big muscular fighter and then fucking Daniel Cormier next to them. Who do you think is better? <laughs> yeah. It's like DC all the way. The Olympian, yeah. if you don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, you know, we've been doing over an hour, so I just wanted oh, to – yeah, no, no, I don't care. Flew by. Good conversation. But uh let everybody know where the fight is. I know it's on UFC Fight Passes for Unified MMA. Uh what's the date on it again? Uh it'll be March 4th on a Friday, I'm pretty sure. March 4th, Friday, UFC Fight Pass, Edmonton, Alberta. Hopefully there's no fucking bullshit going on and that fight takes place. We're praying. <laughs> We're praying because we want Kyle to get back to the big show. And bring a belt, <laughs> bring bring a belt home to the fucking Canada. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so good luck on that fight, man. I know you're gonna do really, really well. Uh, I have hundred percent faith in you, and it was an absolute pleasure getting to catch up with you and uh, and do this, man. Uh, we'll have yeah. to do it. We'll have to do it again once you're back in the show after this fight. Yeah, for sure, my man. Thank you. I appreciate this. This no is problem. fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. All right, so uh, that's been another episode. Uh, Kyle Prepolek, uh, how can people reach you if they want to even come and train, do some stuff with you? How can they reach you? Uh, just find my Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I don't really use Twitter. Sometimes yeah. depends. Usually fight nights I'm on it. But other than that, uh, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, just message, DM, any of that. And if you're in the fucking Windsor area, train with the guy. It's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to work with them. So. Thank you a lot for doing this, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, thank uh, you. good luck in a couple of weeks. I know you're gonna I know you're gonna smash it. <laughs> thank you. I'll do my best as always, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Have a great night, brother. Hey everybody, nice. thank you for watching. Please do me a favor, click the like below, share on YouTube, share on Instagram, share on Facebook, spread the word so I can keep creating more content for you and keep providing you with a great podcast experience. Peace out.